Welcome to God Yay or Nay. I'm your host, Noor Kidwai. I'm here to find out how we grow, transform, and become our best selves. How we create meaning in our lives. Come join me on my journey. Welcome to another episode of God Yay or Nay. This is your host, Noor Kidwai. Thanks for tuning in. My guest this week is Tyrone Morales. Tyrone is a wellness consultant. He tells us how to live a life full of health and vitality. It's an incredible episode. I hope you guys enjoy. Please like and subscribe to the podcast. You can check me out on Instagram at NoorKidWai. And we're part of the Comedy Here Often podcast network on 604 Records, so check them out too. Guys, let's get into this week's episode. My guest this week, Tyrone Morales. All right, welcome to another episode of God Yay or Nay. I'm here with my man, Tyrone Morales. Tyrone, thanks for joining me, buddy. Yeah, it's a pleasure, man. Thank you. It's wonderful to connect with you. It's been a few years. Last time we connected, I think we were playing soccer together. So, <laughs> Dude, like years ago. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're both uh, from the same uh, community in uh, High River. That's where we both grew up. So uh, this is kind of fun. Like uh, years later, I found out like me and you are into a lot of the same stuff. Uh, a lot of stuff about self-transformation, becoming the best self, uh, you know, self-discovery. And like these are things, uh, yeah, I just like seen a lot of your stuff online it's great that you're into that um why don't, why don't you tell my audience how you kind of define uh what you do right now and maybe give a little background story of your uh your journey yeah absolutely yeah part of my journey you know i i graduated from university in in 2012 with a sport management degree which is basically just looking at the business side of sports and graduated didn't really know what i wanted to do but i knew that i wanted to help at least a million people uh, to experience health and vitality through whatever means that would be. And it's flowed through a lot of different channels, that goal. So um, it's, it's shown up as working as like a wellness advocate, working at a health food store, being a personal uh, trainer for a little bit, and then also just exploring the different realms of how we can connect on a soulful level of, of living a life full of vitality. So there's a lot of different things that um, I've been exploring lately, but the most recent one has been uh, creating elixir blends, which is like working with uh, herbalism. So oh. kind of the, mo- the mo- modalities that I work with is like breath work, herbalism, uh, nature immersion and, and rites of passage kind of things. So, ah, I love that. Um... Hey, uh, I think I'm, I'm pretty good on all of those uh, herbalism. I'm a little new on. So like, uh, yeah, what kind of elixirs are you talking about here? Yeah, this uh, particular one that I made this morning, but uh, it has a lot of uh, medicinal mushrooms in it. So it has like lion's mane, uh, chaga, it has reishi, some shilajit, makuna, cacao. Um, and these are all what I would call, you know, plant allies. So I believe that like all of the plants that we have in, in nature are there to help us with our health. So uh, a lot of the ones that I use in elixirs is ones that will support my vitality journey. So, yeah. No, I love no. that. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of interesting because like I remember like uh, hanging out with like shamans and like the Amazon and stuff. And like it's exactly the way they look at like plants is like all of these plants. Like there's just so much stuff you can get for them. And like every little plant, they'll be like, Oh yeah, you can use this for that. And it's like, it's cool. Uh, Actually, that's pretty impressive that uh, you're actually bringing that uh, into our society and like telling, teaching people how to use that. That's awesome, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, man. Yeah. No. And like uh, the sports thing too. I love that because uh, I was actually reading about like how you, you went to like Lima to like kind of help people in Lima, Peru, um, like to build up like sports and like build community and development around that. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, I went for my sport management degree and uh, my first goal was that I wanted to be the GM of the Toronto Raptors. Um, (laughs) Good goal. They they have a sick GM right now, though. I love Masai. Um, (laughs) But I I found in my path that, yeah, I wanted to take it towards more of the non-for-profit side. And yeah, that showed up as us going to Lima. Uh, we were one of the first classes to go there and it was a sport for development workshop. 
teaching how you can use sport as a vehicle for so many things like community development and social integration. So um, that was my honors thesis was actually um, how sport can help newcomers integrate into society. So uh, one of the workshops that we did was, yeah, how, how play and how sports can help kids develop. So we ended up uh, doing that. And then, you know, we actually went to Machu Picchu on that trip and that like sparked something even deeper for me that I think that was alluding to a, a little different part of my life. So, no, that's amazing, man. And uh, yeah, like I was saying, like, I, I do love that how, whole idea of like sports and building community and development and stuff like that, especially with like kids, because like, and I guess like, even like how you said Machu Picchu, because a lot of you, a part of you is like immersing yourself in nature and bringing out like your kind of like how you said inner vitality, your inner energies and letting them kind of flow. And this is how you become more connected with yourself. And uh, no, and then like also on part of it is like a rite of passage. You were talking about rite of passage and like, I don't know, did you ever find like sport as like that kind of thing? Because like, I remember coming up in hockey and soccer and football, like sport was like a, a rite of passage for me and more of a way it like tested my courage. It, te- uh, it made me stand up for myself. It, um, it brought like, you know, it brought me to like the edge and like made me push past it. Right. Like, do you kind of see it the same way? Absolutely. Yeah. I've always appreciated sport for that aspect. Um, Sport has always taught me so much about myself and, you know, there's so many lessons to be learned about it and to share that with kids, you know, is a huge part of how they can develop into, you know, someone with integrity, someone with certain values in life, how to learn resilience and, yeah, when it comes to sport, one thing that I that I learned that really stood out with me was actually balancing my masculine and my feminine energy, actually, which, you know, each and every human has that masculine aspect and that feminine aspect. And we use those for words that are like primordial energies within us. Mm-hmm. And the masculine one, you know, sport taught me a lot of that of like being like hardworking and like really driven and like single minded focus. Mm-hmm. And then I found I was out of balance with that, where I was just looking to compete for the sake of destroying. And I was a little out of balance. Mm-hmm. And then I started playing sport with a little bit more fun. I started listening to music and making it almost like a dance kind of thing. So like learning to integrate those two energies. So that was like another one that stood out for sports and kind of trickled into areas of my other life. And that's the beauty of sport is that it always can transform into other aspects of your life. And I think there there is a power in sport that also connects people as well. Like the community building aspect is one of the biggest things I think with sport is how it can connect people uh, beyond, um, you know, perceived limitations. So, yeah. I fucking love that dude. Um, like, no, I, and like that really uh, connects with me and especially like how you were talking about the whole masculine, uh, feminine, like kind of like understanding those energies inside of you. I, I don't know if you ever read the way of the superior, Matt. It sounds like, yes. uh, <laughs> you have. Yes, I have. Yeah. 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 Like it sounds like you were kind of like uh, a lot of those kind of like uh, ways they describe masculinity or femininity are kind of in it. And like, honestly, I came from it from the opposite direction where like, I think I was like in touch with my feminine and like, I needed to like really get a little bit of that masculine of like pursuing and like being assertive and being a little bit more dominant and like, like going after what I want kind of thing. And it is interesting, like when you work with those kind of energies inside of you, because when you start like actually expressing those, like if I, when I started expressing masculinity in a sense, it started to slowly become more natural and natural. And like, now I feel a lot more assertive in my life. And like, I go for what I want. I ask for it. And I go and like, you know, I kind of go and do that. Like, don't take no for an answer kind of thing. But like, because of that, it like really helps you. um, Yeah, it really kind of helps you uh, like understand who you are, get what you want and do it in a healthy way. Like, which is good for you and your community. Right. Huge. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the, the community aspect, yeah, which, uh, you know, as you're speaking, it, it felt a lot like, uh, I'm sure that you've read it, it's the, the book by Robert Moore called King Warrior Magician Lover, 
Yeah, yeah. I've read yeah. it uh, <laughs> like a couple times, actually. It's a great uh, book. It is wonderful. Yeah. I, I've learned a lot from that. And like one of the things that was really standing out for me was like to find or to express more wholeness in ourselves. It's like learning which dominant, you know, archetype is playing itself out right now through us. And then learning to balance that out with another. So, you know, mm-hmm. let me uh, let, let me actually give the audience a little bit of a background on this book just because yes. uh, so they understand. So like when they say like archetypes, this is like uh, this is kind of used in psychology and like even in stories and stuff to just kind of like, you know, give a familiarization with the type of like person you're like uh, building up in yourself. So you can have king, warrior, musician, lover, uh, magician, lover. And uh, yeah, these people like are, are these archetypes inside of you, you can kind of like, sometimes you can like express them and like, there's healthy ways to express them. And there's very unhealthy ways to express them. So like, if you're a warrior, you can like see like what an unhealthy way of expressing warrior would be, it'll be very uh, dominant, destructive and bad, or a lover, there's very unhealthy ways too. But there's also very healthy ways. But um yeah, um, just to give the eye audience before we yeah. kind of talk about this, because I do want to talk about this, like, well, wh- where were you kind of like when you were like kind of seeing your own like uh, archetypes a little bit and like wanting to see which ways to express them healthily? Yeah, well, first of all, yeah, thanks for expressing that to your audience there. Yeah, I think like a, a good way to understand that is, yeah, they're like primordial energies that have been in our psyche for thousands of, of years and they are energies that that flow through the stories that you know live on in our in our culture and for you know the king warrior magician lover that's that's mainly like a book that was made for the male psyche but there is a book out there uh for women if they're interested called women who run with wolves that is like the the female equivalent of of that book um and as you're talking about like healthy archetypes, I always think of it as like a, a triangle, you know, because you have like uh, on the bottom left of the triangle, you could have like the positive, the full positive expression of an archetype. And then on the on the right bottom, you could have like the negative archetype. And then at the very top is like the integrated version of that. So like mm-hmm. the, the king that you're talking about, you know, you could have like the high high chair tyrant on on the full positive, which is like completely tyrannical and then on the on the bottom right you would have like the weakling king that just can't you know express himself and just won't take responsibility for his kingdom and then when you integrate those two that's the full expression but Mm -hmm. in in my life yeah I I found myself very dominant in the the warrior archetype kind of like what we were talking about with sports there before and what led me into developing more of my my lover archetype uh, was actually, you know, smoking uh, a lot of cannabis that I found that that helped me to really slow down and express myself artistically. I started writing poetry. Um, I started immersing myself in nature. And that was kind of the transition that helped me from smoking weed every day to <laughs> um, being in being in nature helped me to integrate it in a healthier way, the, the lover archetype and just seeing the world with eyes of beauty and that kind of helped me develop my my lover archetype and mm-hmm. where i'm at now is, is more of integrating my what you would call the king archetype which is you know being more of service to the community and and learning how to integrate uh all those different archetypes so yeah and i love that and that's actually kind of good like um the way you were talking like we do need actually to put in some work to like integrate these archetypes this is like um like you can go to a psychologist and like they'll be talking in the same way but in like a completely different language (laughs) than we're talking right now and uh yeah like right now we're kind of like looking at this and like a kind of a very spiritual lens and then like um maybe like a depth psychology lens because I know a lot of like Carl Jung's and like this kind of work and stuff um but yeah that's cool I love how you were saying like to get to your to express your lover archetype in a healthy way you needed to do stuff like immerse yourself in nature. Like you tried some substances, like you were saying marijuana, but like this makes you more empathetic. This makes you more, um, that makes you more like connected with nature. And like, uh, yeah, I love that. And that, that expressed that. And it was like something that could like uh, interact with your warrior archetype a lot more in a healthy way 
which when you want to serve the community now you can do that in a way better way because like if you're just that warrior archetype especially if you're stuck in that dominant uh role helping the community you're just going to be destructive you might think in your head i'm doing this in a proper way but uh, just because you you haven't like integrated a lots of parts of your psychology it's just going to end up being destructive right absolutely yeah it works on the you know more unconscious level i mean you know talking about carl jung he says you know if if you don't recognize your your unconscious all, all of your subconscious parts of yourself you know you'll just keep living your life and you'll call the rest of your life fate and what happens you'll just call it fate because you're not actually aware of how you're creating your life so i think yeah like bringing conscious awareness to you know those energies and our unconscious um like a term going around is like shadow work, right? You know, mm -hmm. the parts of ourselves that we've hidden from ourselves or pushed under the rug, essentially. So that's definitely, yeah, part of part of living a more uh, wholesome life and like full of integrity, for sure. Mm -hmm. And uh, actually, uh, one thing about the warrior, I think we should talk about too, is like, because I, I think in our uh, society, especially with like, um, I don't know. I guess we could say like a lot of like uh, the kind of like politics and stuff that are out there. I think the warrior energy has been the one that's been like kind of like uh, looked at as the worst kind of energy ever. Right. Because, you know, it's like that dominant male um, uh, kind of like asshole kind of energy in there. But like the thing is, like there's like how you said the pyramid, that's one aspect of the warriors on one side. But like the other aspect, that would be like if you're not have any kind of integration of your warrior it's a coward right yes and that's can be equally as destructive and sometimes it's to yourself but sometimes to your society because if a society is filled with cowards you know like a tyrant a tyrant can come <laughs> and take over pretty easily right very much so yeah i love that it feels like you're very in tune with um not only like the individual um expression of those archetypes but the collective archetype of that so i definitely appreciate you expressing that yeah dude and like um i don't know i i i uh i, I always kind of like uh that i've been really into this in the last couple of years um reading these kind of material and like kind of understanding this and doing the work myself because the work yourself uh it's hard and it it, it has like a lot to uh i don't know it, it has like a lot of like kind of like inner work and like really trying to like discover like who you are and like really understand that because yeah. you know society always tells us who we are and like a lot of times we take that and just kind of think that this is who we are but when you like that's why psychedelics can help a lot or meditation or that consciousness because when you can actually like go in and like actually see what you really are what really takes you what really like expresses naturally like that's where you can do some of that real work right Hey, man, that was <laughs> juicy, man. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, one of your videos I was watching um, that I loved and I, I, I got, got it from it. Uh, it was the CAN ap acronym, like you can oh, nice. do it. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I love that because I, I think this is such a good uh, exercise for people to do to like, like, like I was saying, like really understand yourself. Um, right. Can you can you maybe go into that acronym a little bit with my audience? Because I, I would love yeah. for some people to try this. It's really good uh, exercise. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. Um, and if they want, they can connect with me after and I can send them a little worksheet on it too. But um, the CAN acronym came from um, an idea that came to me when I was just in nature. And it was the idea of being a vitality visionary. Uh, visionary and I was really in the place in my life where I wanted to create a life full of vitality I saw myself living in a way that was thriving not just surviving and I was like okay well how how am I going to get there how am I going to bring this to fruition how am I going to bring this vision to fruition and it, it came to me that you know I thought instead of saying, you know, I, I can't do this, it was, I can do this and anybody can do this. And from that, I got the acronym CAN, which stands for uh, the C part is connected and the A part is alive and the N part is nourished. So 
uh, we go through each one of those and ask ourselves, when have we been the least connected? And then when, when, when have we been the most connected? Um, and then make a list of that. When you're the least connected, when you're the most connected, same thing, you go when you're the least alive and the most alive and then the least nourished and the, and the most nourished. And those words can, can mean whatever they need for you. You know, connected could be like connected to community, connected to yourself, um, you know, a sensation of having a tribe that supports you. Um, alive could be, you know, feelings of exhilaration, you know, being in nature when you're like, wow, I'm just so damn alive. I feel everything. Um, and then the nourished aspects could also just be, you know, drinking an elixir or just giving yourself a nice little hug. Um, so anything, whatever it is, but what I like to do through those exercises is once you've got your list of least connected and then most connected, um, you want to create something that will, uh, hold, hold that, that, uh, uh, it's almost like a container for the contents of, of your psyche and the stories that you've been telling yourself. So I, I usually like to draw, I either like to draw an image of what symbolizes when I was the least connected and then the most connected mm -hmm. or do like a poem um, with that as well. So, and you can do that through, through all of those. Um, but I usually like to pick like one word from when I was the most connected, one word from when I was the most alive and one word from when I was the most nourished and then create something new from those words because they act as like nutrients uh, for that new vision that you want to create. So, you know, you got your compost and then you got your seeds. So the I least love that. So, um, but yeah, yeah that, that definitely helped, helped me in my life uh, to discover, you know, who I needed to become to create that. So. Yeah. And uh, the one thing I love about that and like, um, cause I've done similar kind of exercises and like how valuable, valuable these are. is like when you were saying like collect, uh, connected, alive, nourished, like a lot of us, when I, when, when you say that, like, Hey, can you pick something that uh, you felt so connected or you felt so alive? Like a lot of us can think about that almost immediately and be like, yeah, like I would be like, Oh, i like when I'm on stage, I feel so connected, like right away, I can think right. of that immediately. But uh, when you actually go and like actually write about that and go and like actually explore that. And then like how you were saying, like, try to like find different values that you felt or like, like that were part of being in that connectiveness. That's when you can actually like learn a lot deeper about why <laughs> that makes you feel connected. And, yeah. and you can like, actually, like you said, create a vision of the future from it so like that's where that inner work um of actually writing it down and exploring it can mm -hmm. be so goddamn beneficial um mm -hmm. let's go and do this with you a little bit so uh why don't you tell our audience uh a time where you felt like really really connected absolutely yeah one, one of the times when i felt most connected um was in it was actually when it's a story about when I felt the least connected, you know, I was, I was going through a time in my life when um, I was experiencing, you know, what they clinically call, you know, depersonalization. Uh, to me, it was an initiation, but I just felt like everything around me was com completely bleak, you know, like uh, I wasn't really connected to the world around me. I just felt completely isolated, even when I was like right in front of someone, I, I didn't feel anything. And I remember driving in, in Mexico one time and I was on the back of this little golf cart. Uh, we were driving on this island called Isla Mueris. And, you know, I had been praying for days, you know, just to feel a sense of aliveness. I had felt so disconnected. And there's a small moment where I just looked up into the sky and it was almost like there's this opening in the sky. It was like someone from behind the sky just like ripped it open and was like, you know, just shoved all the light into me. And, you know, it, was, it wasn't like I was doing anything significant. I think it was holding um, an energy of awe and reverence is, is what it was. And, you know, it really ignited a deeper part in myself that was searching for that connection that I might have been disconnected from uh, in my life. So, you know, it's uh, not your everyday example of connectedness, but it was a, a moment that really stood out for me because it, it was, it was uh, contrasted by when I was the least connected. 
but there's other times like, you know, being in nature, uh, I would say recently jumping into uh, some cold water. <laughs> uh, it was like minus 30 here in High River and I, I went to the river and yeah, that sense of aliveness is and connection is just, wow. It's, it's yeah. life changing. And, uh, and I love that because like, even like you just telling that story, I, I love how you, uh, because like you kind of look at that values of, what you were just talking about and you did say like awe and like something greater and like you can tell now that like just from exploring that you can tell that like this is something that's really like valuable to me is to feel that and that that's where your vision can come in now where you're like now I want to create a vision that allows me to feel that more because like you know and like everyone's different everyone has something that's like you know, some people might be like, oh, yeah, I love being in nature and seeing the awe, but that's not what really gets me. Like, for me, I would say, like, feeling connected is, like, when I'm on stage and, like, I feel, like, completely present with an audience and it just feels like they're just, we're just on the same page. And, right. like, when, when that's happening, that's where I'm feeling connected. And then, and then that's when I'm feeling, like, just completely free, joyful, and, you know, and this is like, that's why, like, when I like think about this exercise, I look at that and I go like, okay, I want to create more of these, uh, mm. uh, these moments. And like, that's where my vision comes in. So like, love that. I know. And that's why I love this exercise because it, it really does. Uh, it does like allow you. And, and I don't know, it can also like when you're talking about why you were feeling disconnected, did you ever go into that? Did you ever kind of like, look at that? Like, why was I disconnected? What, like mm. what was I doing um, during that time that uh, wasn't allowing me to feel any connection? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I I found uh, well. First of all, that was that was an amazing uh, share from you. What you just shared there with like feeling connected on stage because I I think yeah when when you're aware of those things. I was watching one of your videos there and and you were talking about how you were doing breath work on the way to uh one of your shows there Mm -hmm. and um i think that when we get that vitality vision you know then the things that will bring us that vision come into our life naturally like the the breath work will feel magnetically drawn to those things so when we do have that vision you know those things will come naturally it won't have to be like oh i need to figure this out kind of thing it's like it's it's there it'll it'll come to you Mm -hmm. um but with the disconnected part yeah I think there was the missing aspect for me was like the language that I had around my feelings and making sense of my experience um even with the depersonalization like that kind of language it um it kept me more disconnected because I was in 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 agreement with a diagnosis um and I I was listening to your podcast there the other day with the, the Ayurveda boys there um and i just love the the different perspective of like western and like you know different different things out there so the the disconnected part yeah for me i discovered it was more of an initiation for me so um you know i obviously at the time um i was eating shitty foods i i wasn't really exercising as much as I wanted to. I didn't have the meaningful connections in my life. So there was a lot of aspects. And I think also not really being on purpose and living in a world, I think that I felt like I wasn't uh, really part of. Mm-hmm. So the um, one, one documentary that talks about this really good is called Crazy Wise. Um, and it, it talks about like the different diagnosis that people get in our system. And um, how it's really actually like shamanic. It's a shamanic calling, a lot of these things, you know, if people are hearing voices or, you know, they're going through a really dark time, um, instead of that being, you know, depression or, you know, uh, psychosis, what it really is, is a deeper uh, shamanic initiation. So I started getting into things like mythology and um, not just like the Greek mythology, but like, there's Norse mythology and there's all of these different tales, even indigenous mythology. And some of the stories talked about uh, a journey into the underground. And so for me, um, in my disconnected stage, what I found was that I was, I was in the underground on a psychic level 
And I was, I was actually learning how to navigate that. So um, the disconnected part, yeah. I mean, I could talk about it from like a scientific perspective and like Western, but for me, the mythological aspect really stands out because it's just so much more empowering to me to be like, oh, I was in the, you know, underground. I was, I was learning to speak a new language. It's not like, you know, I was down in the dumps kind of thing. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So that was a bit <laughs> conjobulated message, but <laughs> no, I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, um, I, I agree completely. Like, honestly, sometimes using that mythology and the archetype uh, kind of uh, uh, like thing, I, I like it a little bit more just because, um, yeah, it, it resonates with you. It, it, it hits something deeper. Like it really does. And like, um, I've read books on like clinical psychology and stuff too. And like, they'll like look at this more and like, um, you know, they'll look at traits like character traits. And like, when you're, we're talking about our different archetypes, they'll just say character traits, like this is assertiveness or this is uh, agreeableness. Right. And you're just like, okay, those are traits. Like I I get it. And like, um, you can learn a ton from that. And like, you know, when you're going to school to become a psychologist, that's what you probably <laughs> want to do, right? right? But like, uh, for yeah, for guys like us, I think, who aren't really interested in that, but we're more interested in like actually becoming better ourselves and like actually becoming like a little bit more in our healthier version. I love the archetype version just a little bit better. And <laughs> I, I have heard that whole idea of like um, a lot of our mental illness, like, shamans like they look at that like that's how they look at it like they're just like you know when you have these kind of illnesses like sometimes depression or even anxiety they can be look at these are callings they're they're meant to say yeah. something to you and you're not uh you're not meant to run away from it um, absolutely yeah and like yeah. i remember you were talking about in one of your videos about like the pain of the artist i can't, I can't remember what book you were talking about but like you know, like an artist always has to, like an artist always goes through pain, any kind of artist. Like, yes. uh, and um, the thing that makes a good artist is to be able to embrace that pain because like we all have pain and shit and most of us, and I bet you when you were saying you're eating shitty food when you're really disconnected, like I've been down that road too. We all have, like it's, we yeah. were numbing our pain. We, we know how to numb it. We live in the world with our phones and shit now, which numbing that might be the easiest thing to freaking do and like a lot of us get stuck in these lifestyles but like when we start looking at our anxieties or depressions or um our worries and like a lot of these stuff is kind of like signals and more of like that something needs to be paid attention to Mm. and uh, when we able to get into that whole idea of like okay like for me it was anxiety and it's like okay like i'm anxious like be able to feel this anxiety yeah. and kind of like see where that pain takes you and like yeah. that's where you actually work through the pain and that's mm-hmm. when you actually come out of it with some like a little bit of wisdom which like if you're yeah. an artist that little bit of wisdom can be used to create something just beautiful that will help other people right absolutely yeah that's um that's like uh in, in mythological terms i always call that um you know bringing back the gold essentially um because in in mythology like one of the things um is there's there's that road of initiation and when we go on that journey i mean i'm sure you've heard of like the hero's journey it's it's like you know when you have that call to adventure and then you cross the threshold and then you know you defeat whatever it is that you're fighting against and then you can you come back to the community and then you bring back that gold so you know um I do honor you for, for going on that journey, especially with the, the anxiety thing. You know, I've, I had a little bit of social anxiety myself for like a long time and had to find ways to um, really embrace that and make that the goal in life. So um, there's a, a, a story in, in uh, mythology about going to the underground and, and there was a boy once who, you know, he got pulled into the underground and there was a old man there who was like, all right, you're going to have to slave away here for, you know, um, until, until all this work is done. So the boy was just pounding away. He's down in this deep, dark cave and he's just hacking away at the walls and, you know, he's getting all this coal and, you know, he's like, how long do I have to do this for? And, um, 
eventually he got this this bag full and and the guy there was like all right you can you can go up and so he has this bag of coals and he he goes up you know comes from underneath the cave there and uh he's like all right i, I gotta find a place to stay so he, he goes to this uh hotel and you know the manager is like sorry you know we don't have any rooms because you know the boy's looking a little shaggy he's just worked for a thousand years yeah. uh, down in the underground and he you know pulls up this bag of coals and all of a sudden the manager's like you know what we actually we do have a room for you and so the boy's like okay that that's great that's wonderful so he goes to bed at night puts puts the bag of coals beside of his bed and when he wakes up, the whole entire bag is gone. And so um, he goes back to the manager and, uh, you know, says, you know, my bag's missing is what happened. And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm not sure. And so the boy needs this bag of coals to, to continue his journey. So what, what it really was, was that the, the bag of gold, uh, or sorry, the bag of coals was actually gold because what happens in the underground transforms when it comes up into the real world. So all like of his hard labor in the underworld was actually gold. So the manager saw the bag of gold and was like, yo, I'm going to take all that. But the boy was naive, right? So, um, so he ended up later in the story, he goes back down into the underworld, you know, gets the bag of coal, does the work again, and then comes back up and he, he comes to the hotel manager and is like, listen, you're going to give me back my old bag of gold um, you're going to give me a haircut. You're going to clean me up. Um, and I want the rest of my nights here for free. And he learns to be more assertive and, you know, um, to honor his gold because he's not naive to the work that he did in the underground and he sees, you know, the gold that's in it now. So, um, that, that's like a story that just like bubbled up for me when, when you were talking about being, you know, more assertive and, and talking about the gold there. So, that was kind of a condensed version of it. It's a, it's a much longer story. Yeah. But. Yeah. But uh, like, yeah, beautiful like story. I love that. Honestly, that, that that's why like these stories could be so powerful. Like I just like, it, it is like such a, yeah, it's such a cool thing to like hear it like that because it, it, it really is true. And like, like the other thing about the world, like people will take advantage of you. you like, I, it's kind of weird we live in a world where sometimes people just like kind of back like no everybody has to be nice everybody has to be all right and it's just like yeah I get it we would love that it's just like it's not realistic we live in a world where people will take advantage of you and it can be anybody so like you do have to kind of like there has to be this kind of like self-confidence and assurance in yourself where you can like actually stick up for yourself so absolutely no I, I love that uh, story dude Absolutely. And um, I mean, tying, tying back what, what you were talking about before with um, that aspect of like the artist and, you know, pain. Um, I think that a lot of these stories and, and what we live through, I mean, I've seen you do the cold showers as well. You know, that's, that's an experience, of, a little bit of pain there too. So and I love your, your video with the cold shower, <laughs> with the screaming. It's hilarious. If anybody's in, they got to go watch that. So, um, but yeah, when it, when it comes to these things in our life, those callings, um, I always call them initiations and in mythology, they have what's called the threefold awakening. So, the, the first part in any initiation is the aspect of separation. So there's, you know, separating from who we think we are, um, separating from the ideas that we've had in our um, mind about who people have told us who we are. And, you know, we separate from the everyday life. Um, so you could see that playing out in a lot of different stories. And then the second part is the threshold which is, you know, that aspect where we get called into, you know, that's where like the real transformation happens, you know, something that makes us uncomfortable. There's some kind of alchemical transformation. And, and then there's the third part, which is the return, which is when we come back to the community and we, we learn to bring back what we had just learned or transformed through. Um, and for me, the one thing that really helped me navigate those initiations in life where there was some kind of aspect of pain was jumping into the cold rivers and, you know, doing the cold showers because you're, you're learning that whole entire process. And through that, it's like, a, it's a negotiation with pain, 
because in any time in life, you know, we have like buzzwords around like, you know, transform yourself, you can change and stuff. It's like, <laughs> of course, but there's this real transformation requires some kind of negotiation with some kind of pain or or suffering. So there's always that negotiating aspect. And for me, the cold water, you know, jumping into really cold rivers, um, those kind of things helps me to learn how to navigate that um, in life. So hell yeah. And uh, like, yeah, that's amazing. And like you were saying, like, uh, like, with our world of just like comfort, because like, we do live in such a different world than like, even 50 years ago, it's like insane. And um, like, we're really comfortable. And like, that's amazing. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But like, there is like, uh, like a lot of people just think now that like we should just be in comfort all the time and like doing anything of discomfort is just like I've seen a lot of people who just think like that's just a stupid idea why would you make yourself um like uncomfortable like in any reason and like sometimes people take it to the extreme where they don't even want to work out or anything which is just kind of like um yeah and it's just like you have to understand like you're hurting yourself even more sometimes taking like jumping into a discomfort um voluntarily which you're doing when you're jumping into a cold river like that is very um uncomfortable especially the first yeah. time you do it <laughs> but like you like you said you negotiate with the pain you learn to be there with it you learn to uh accept it and like um overcome it pretty much and like even yeah. like I haven't done the I've only done it once where I've jumped in glacier water I fucking hated it <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I do cold yeah. showers all the time now and uh for the most part like I would say like now 80 to 90 percent of the cold showers I take like I'm like pretty fine with it it doesn't bother me anymore and yeah. like uh they it has its health benefits for sure but it also has that like it really had did teach me like to like really like kind of be with like uncomfortable feelings a lot mm. and be able to settle in it and like the one thing I loved about like cold uh, showers and I bet you when it's you're in a glacier water it's even this times 10 but like when it hits you your body reacts right away and it's like it tells you like okay get the fuck out of here and like that's <laughs> you know that's basically your body when it's doing it but like over time you can train your body just to be like all right calm down calm mm. down and like when you do that like um you can take that to any part of your life because you'll notice how your uh, your body would like react to so many situations mm. like and like when you get lost in just those reactions you that's where you make mistakes that's where you do stupid yeah. shit or that's where yeah and like it's just you're doing that unconsciously but whenever when you're allowed to like learn to like calm yourself down you're able to bring that consciousness or your presence back and be able to like deal with situations a lot better. So like, I do love how you're like, um, yeah, like you're doing this like kind of work, uh, especially with cold water. And like, I guess you do it with breath work as well, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I, I watched your, your recent episode there, you know, talking about the sympathetic and the parasympathetic, you know, nervous system. And I, I do find that to be a lot more true. Um, one of the things that like really helps with that for me was like a poem by, by Rumi that says, you know, we have two different teachers in life. You know, there's, there's the voice when, you know, it's cold outside and you hear the grandma say, you know, it's really cold out. Like you should put a jacket on. And Rumi says, you know, run when you hear that voice, you know, you know, spiritual clarity is much more um, like prominent when we have like, this the stern slaps of a father you know which is like that like toughness and like that willingness to experience that uncomfortability so um yeah with sorry what what was your question again <laughs> that was a bit of a side track <laughs> yeah yeah it wasn't uh really a question uh yeah. but like no I, I was just kind of like uh saying like how like this uh like just putting yourself in this like discomfort how like it it, it really helps you like and it just makes you like it makes you resilient It makes your life easier like in the long run and i just like it, it is nice like how you teach people that and uh yeah and like uh, how long how long have you been doing the breath work now for right the breath work yeah the, the breath work i've been doing for about uh, i would say about like five years now i've been doing it for 
um, and doing different experiences with like pranayama, like um, ujjayi and bastrika, um, and then the Wim Hof breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, and his brother has a course as well, too, called the dopamine activation course. Um, but like I first got into breath work when I was going through a bit of a tough time um, dealing with like a lot of changes in, in my family. And, um, one of the things that like really helped me to release, um, a lot of like the emotions that were, you know, flowing in my body and that I just wasn't acknowledging, uh, was breath work. I did like this holotropic, uh, breath for about like an hour. And after that, I just, I just, I cried for like half an hour. I was just complete release. Yeah. Um, and since then, I was like, wow, there's some kind of power here. And I need to, I need to explore this because, wow, my life is transformed from that. So. I love it. And like you were saying, like, uh, when you get those emotions that are just like ro- rolling through your body, especially when something shitty happens, like, you know, like we're all everyone's going to deal with grief one day in their life. And like, it's just a sad part of nature. Right. But like, it's a part of nature that you just have to accept and like um even like my dad had like a major stroke back during Christmas and like I for like a couple months there it was really really fucking depressing like now everything's like starting to like uh like see the light and stuff but like yeah having those emotions go through you it was like I could feel them like just in my body and I wasn't processing them properly but once in a while like I would just break down and like that really helped release it. And then I could like return to like more of like my like stable self and like um, being more like of that, like kind of like strong person that I usually am, but like you have to sometimes break down and it's fine. It's like those emotions are stuck in your body, release them. And uh, that's, it's a natural way to fucking do it. Right. Oh, hundred percent. And like whatever emotions you need to express, like, I mean, yeah. I always tell people that because um, I have been doing like breath work, uh, like teachings here recently, been doing like some ceremonies with cacao, actually, because um, cacao for me has been like a very like heart opening medicine. What's, uh, can you say cacao? Cacao. Well, what is, yeah. What is um, cacao? Cacao. Yeah. It's uh, the OG of where like all chocolate comes from. Oh, um, OK. <laughs> so it's like. Is it basically cocoa, but like, that's just how you actually say it, cacao? Yeah, exactly. Um, For a lot of like people, if if you ever see in grocery stores, um, cocoa or cocoa, um, it'll have a different spelling. So like the cacao is C-A-C-A-O, not O-A at the end, because the, the O-A is when they go through a dutching process so you have the cacao beans right um that are harvested from the cacao plant mm-hmm. and then you know uh, when you see the powder that's like when all the beans are are ground up and then sifting through um but what'll happen is that sometimes they do a dutching process which they'll add like an alkalizing agent um so that it doesn't have like a bitter taste but the cacao is like it in its raw form um, and the plant itself um, has been used as like currency, even back in like the Mayan days, they would trade cacao beans um, instead of money, actually. Um, but the plant itself, yeah, is a very, um, yeah, I'm drinking some right now. I mean, it's, <laughs> if anybody's interested, just send me a message to, to learn more about it. But um, yeah, cacao is basically chocolate. <laughs> oh, okay nice and uh all right cool the more i gotta learn more about these elixirs <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> all right tyrone this was fucking awesome dude um yeah i got one more question of the podcast it's the name of the game so uh tyrone yes. god yay or nay god yay <laughs> all the way well let me ask you when you were going through your uh disconnected phase um what what do you think your uh, ideas of like any kind of spirituality or anything were during that time yeah that was a a, a true test of my faith i think and um yeah learning to develop um yeah i would say like a a deeper deeper presence um and I think it 
it brought up me making more room for more of that um, spirituality in my life. Um, Cause I mean, without going through those times, I mean, I remember even a time where there was like a week and I wasn't eating any food there. And I was, I had $2 and I went and got the best burger at um, A&W. It was the best burger of my life. I was just living off of water, but each one of those experiences really taught me how to lean into to trust in that higher power and that we're all co-creators uh, with life. And for me, it was like learning, you know, I have my part of the co-creation and then there's also, you know, that greater force that we co-create with. And for me, it was learning to trust that instead of just being like, okay, it's all on me, it's all on me. And I learned how to open up space in my life for, you know, that kind of co-creation uh, with that higher power. So, and to trust in it. And from that, uh, that's where, you know, life will bring you to places that you couldn't even imagine. So. Hell yeah, dude. And uh, no, I love that whole like trust in it, like as well, like that, uh, that's like, uh, it's definitely easier said than done, but I remember like uh, that, that, that is something I needed to, uh, really learn to do is like trust uh and like working with like ayahuasca a lot that was a big one too like I, like that taught me like to trust the medicine and then like how you said like trust like whatever that higher thing is like it is uh definitely uh, helps with uh just uh opening up your whole life um all right tyrone dude like this was amazing uh let my audience know where they can get a hold of you anything you want to promote or anything you just uh yeah this is the time to do it Beautiful. Yeah, they they can connect with me on Instagram. It's uh, triple T uh, Tyrone dot Morales. Um, at, uh, that's my Instagram there. I'll, and then, I'll toss it in the bio. Okay, perfect. And then yeah, just my website Tyrone Morales dot com. Um, and for the most relevant things here recently, um, I do teach like elixir classes like one on one if people are interested. And I have an elixir pop up here in Calgary um, on June 15th. So people are on my Instagram. I'll have all the details there. So. All right. Six. And what are you doing at the pop up? Yeah. uh, Well, one of my uh, business partners and I were creating some elixir blends. So people don't know how to craft elixirs, then we'll have pre-made blends for them uh, Mm -hmm. with all the superfoods that I was talking about. Um, and ones that can support a lot of the things that we're talking about, whether it's like breath work or learning how to, you know, counter stress in your life, because we all have stress. So the elixirs have what's called adaptogens and that works as like a cruise control for your body. So if you have really low energy, um, it'll bring your energy back up. If you're overstimulated, anxious, it'll level you out. So, um, we have a lot of that stuff. So all the plant allies there. Hell yeah. All right, dude. Uh, I'm going to pop by on the 15th if I'm in Calgary. That's awesome, man. Uh, Yo, thank you so much, dude. This was amazing. Oh, thank you, man. It's wonderful connecting with you. And yeah, blessings with everything that's happening uh, there with you, man. Yeah. Prayers for your pops there. And uh, we'd love to connect with you soon here again. So awesome. Thanks, buddy. All right. That was another episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please like and subscribe to the podcast. Give it a good rating. That always helps. And share it with like-minded people. I really do appreciate that. You can check me out at NewerKidY on Instagram. Or check out my website, NewerKidY.com. You can see my comedy. You can see my comedy dates that are coming up. And all that other information. We're part of the comedy here often. Podcast Network on 604 Records. But I'll see you next time on another episode of God Yay! Warning.